Okay, Boker Tov. We did the Mishnah yesterday on Yud Chesam Abeis and Moyed Katan. We were discussing the exceptions to the rule where people are allowed to write. And the first one was Kiddushe Noshim. A person can write a Kiddushin document that is handed over to the bride and that betrothes the bride to the groom. So now the Gemara had a discussion. Now, obviously, from that Mishnah, we can deduce that you can betroth a woman on Chol Hamoed. Because if you couldn't, then you couldn't use the document to betroth her. Well, the Gemara starts with that random statement and then uses this Mishnah as a proof. And then we get into all kinds of philosophical issues, as we shall see. Amr Shmuel. Shmuel says, Mutter la'ares isho b'choloshamoid. A person is permitted to betroth a woman on cholhamoid. Now, the question is, why? Why are you allowed to betroth a woman on cholhamoid? Ah. Shema yiktamenu acher. Lest another man precede him in betrothing her. So if we're going to postpone the Kiddush until after the Yontif, the prospective bride might consent to marry someone else in the meanwhile. So that would be a real irretrievable loss, so to speak. Because, uh, it, and, and not, it's not just a lack of gain, because a man has a need for a wife, right? He's not considered uh, an autumn until he gets married. So he doesn't marry this woman, he might not find another like her. Or, and the Ritva explained, but, well, it's interesting, uh, that is, uh, if, but the question is, so, but the other guy can't marry her either, but on uh, Cholomoy, but it could be this was the time that he met her, may not see her after Cholomoy. After anyway, so that is, the reason why you're allowed to do this, it isn't a retrievable loss. So the Gemara says, Lema misaleyele. So let's have a proof to Shmuel's statement from a Mishnah, the one we just learned, which says, And these are the exceptions to the rule that you can write on Cholamoid. And the first one is Kiddushe Nashim. It's a it's a marriage document, which that's what we thought. So Lachura, it is a proof to Shmuel. So my love, didn't the Mishnah mean to say Shtore Kiddushin Mamish? Wasn't it that the Mishnah was referring to a document of actual betrothal? In other words, where you write on the document, behold, you are betrothed to me. So Lachura, the Mishnah supports... Shmuel's statement that you can betroth a woman a cholamoid. It's a proof because you can you can see you can write the document that shows he got married. Right? Now, obviously you can betroth her by giving her an object of value. But if the groom has no such object to give the bride, <laughs> he's got no money. Or he doesn't have any money on him. But he wants to block the deal now, so he just writes the document and hands it to her. Now, if you can't betroth the woman in Cholomoyed, then why would he be allowed to write the document only to leave it until after the festival? So, in other words, how could he write the document if they're not 
getting married. Like he would write it later. So isn't it Sving Kedusha Mamish? So Umar said, no, it's not necessarily. It, that's one way you can interpret the Mishnah, but you could interpret the Mishnah a different way. When it says, Shtare Kedushin, it could mean, lo, no, it means Shtare Psika, documents of allotment, which means the sums that the parents of the bride and the groom promise to provide for the new couple. In other words, maybe you can't get engaged on Cholomoy. So what does it mean, Shtare Kedushin? It means a star that's written subsequent to the Kedushin, like the Tenoyim, so to speak, where each side agrees to what they're going to pay. That's obviously a Shalom issue, for sure. And and that and, and until that's written, the the, the shidduch is still shaky, so to speak, because you know can back out of it, or they could do it even before they get engaged. Ukidarav Gidl, and that will be like Gidl Omar Rav, who says Domar of Gidl Omar Mar. Rav says, Kama atano sein levincha. How much are you giving for your son? Is what the and the groom's father answers, kach v'kach, so and so, so much. Then they ask the other way around, kama tanos and how much you're giving for your daughter? And the bride's father replies, kach v'kach. Ah, then what happens? Amdu kanu. If they then stand up and carry out the act of betrothal, right? Then it is binding. The obligations are binding. Okay. And more than that, and these obligations are of the things that are made legally binding through speech alone, even without a formal kinyan. In other words, a formal act of acquisition is not required to finalize the agreement for the act of kiddushin that comes afterwards itself serves to do this. So by, by virtue of the benefit the parties receive through their children marrying one another, they accept upon themselves to fulfill their promises. According to the Gemara's current premise, Kedushin is prohibited. That's saying maybe it's prohibited. Notice that the agreement and the Kedushin were made both before the festival. The document can be written on Cholomoy to prove the commitments were already finalized. So we're talking about you maybe it's not. We want to say it's a proof you can get engaged on cholamoid. So say it's not a proof. Maybe when it says the document you could write is just that which was attesting to which was done beforehand. And again, we need that proof. Without that proof, you could lose the whole shidduch again. If you don't have the proof, to, uh, the document to prove what was said. In other words, you can verbalize. And say, okay, what are you going to give for the chasen? What are you going to, we're going to give? We promise. Good, fine. Everything's good. Let's make a, 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 a kedushin now. Five, kedushin's done. Everything's fine. Now, of course, you have to write this down so we have proof. So later on, when they get actually married, everyone's going to come forth and give the goods that they promised. If you're not going to write it down, that could cause a big loss. And people could... Uh, so maybe that's the only thing you can write, but not necessarily you could do it every sin on Chol Hamoid. 
So that, it's not a proof. We're not saying it's not, but uh, that it can't, but it's a proof from the mission, it's not. So you have two alternate interpretations of what it means by writing Shtare Kiddushin. Is it the actual star, the document, that affects the marriage and makes the heiress incomplete? Or it's just the tenoyim, the conditions, the promises that people make, but the Kiddushin has to be made before Cholamoid, and this is just the proof is written on Cholamoid. So no proof to that point. Good? Now, more now continues. So now let's try to give a proof to Shmuel from somewhere else that you can get engaged on Cholamoid. And we have a price that says, Ain noisin noshim b'moyed. You don't marry women on Cholamoid. That's not an erisin. This is nesuin now. Nesuin means a complete, full deal. Lo besulos, not virgins. monos, not widows. Velo miyavim, we don't perform the myths of yibum. The actual wedding, per se, and the subsequent yichu that happens. Why? Because that is a source of joy to him. And we've already said, you can't mix up one simcha with another simcha. That you cannot do. Everybody agrees. You cannot have a full wedding on Cholamoy. But, but it said you can't have a wedding. Why did it say you can't get engaged? It would imply... Engaged is okay. Why did it specify nisuim and yibum? That implies kiddushim. Uh, that implies that the that the actual wedding is a big simcha. But why didn't you say the regular kiddushim, the erisim, which is not such a great source of joy, would seem to be it's okay? Which more says no proof to that either. Lomi boy comer. The the brisa is saying a lomi boy, a not only it's a no need statement. Such as, Lomi boy Laares goes without saying you can't get engaged. Why? Interesting. The low COVID mitzvah. You have not actually performed a mitzvah, meaning it's not a complete mitzvah until the marriage is consummated. It's the beginning step. So you can't even do that. But even to get married, even though the COVID mitzvah, your mom is doing a mitzvah, oh, sir, it is not allowed. So again, they're uh, more saying is, that's a reason to make it more usher. So therefore, no proof either. So we have Shmuel's statement, but yet we have two prices that are not proofs one way or the other. So we still can debate if we agree with Shmuel's statement or not. Are you saying that it's the beginning of the process, the process of but it's not it, really... Therefore, you can't, you can't get engaged during... That, just saying it's no proof. No proof. It, you could say it means you can't get engaged. Don't bring me a proof from the Mishnah. The Mishnah is categorically saying you can't get engaged. Maybe, uh, you could get engaged. Maybe it's saying, no, you for sure can't get engaged. Again, it's no proofs one way or the other. You can learn the price of the other way. So all we have is a statement by Shmuel. He's clear. You can get engaged unless somebody grab her. We wanted to bring two different proofs from two different mission of Bryce. So we said those that is not necessarily a proof. We're not saying what the Allah is. We just have Shmuel's statement. He has no support for his statement. That's all we're up to right now. Now the Gemara continues. So now we have to try to find another way. 
Let's try to find one another proof now. Toshma. Let's give another proof. The Tanadvei Shmuel, a brisa in the Academy of Shmuel was taught. Ma'arsin, one may betroth a woman on Cholamoid, but you may not marry her. Ve'ein osin sudas erisin, and you cannot make a betrothal feast. Although the Kiddushin is permitted on Cholamoid, the celebratory meal may not be held then, because that's a greater manifestation of joy, which you cannot do on Cholamoid. In other words, you can betroth her, lock in the deal, so no one will also get her, but more than that is too much simcha for Cholamoid. Also, you can't complete a yibum ceremony. Because that's a great source of joy. Yes, indeed, this price is a lock proof that says you may betroth a woman on Chol Hamoed, but you may not do more than that. You may not have a festive meal and things like that. So that is agreed. You can get even a, a, betro- a betrothal, so certainly you could get engaged on Chol Hamoi. But to have that whole party business that people have, that's another story, because now you're really doing a big party. Um, do you want you want to announce you're engaged on Chol Hamoi? You want to make a little l'chaim just with the parents, but have a whole big party with 100 and 150 people, you know, that would seem to not be in the spirit of Cholamoid, because you're supposed to have Simcha on the Moid and not in the party. Look at it from a different perspective. During the three weeks, you get engaged. And you don't do the party for another reason, because you can't have all kinds of Simchas. Right, right. Means, but what about, can you get engaged during the nine days? I don't remember. I think so. so you're just, uh, just getting engaged. Again, you don't want to lose the shit. Right. So my point would be, if you can do it during a very sad time, then for sure you should be able to do it during a happy time. No. Just not double up on the, on the sim card. Okay, fine. That's what I'm saying. I mean, if you... Maybe. You know, but nobody's, nobody's saying that. Maybe. But you don't need to go that far. You don't have to go all the way to sad times. You have it right here at Beferish or Bryson. You like to prove from what you have what you're dealing with. You're dealing with this topic. Let's find Bryce's that deal with this topic. So here, clear, a Bryce says, on Cholamoid, you're allowed to do it. So that's the best. That's the best proof. Why do I have to go to another Masechta? Why do I go to the laws of... What was he basing that on, though? It doesn't have to base on anything. It's a Bryce. What's, what's, what's the halacha that you can get engaged on during the three weeks? What's that based on? It's also a brysa. So if you're looking for a brysa, find a brysa that's right on the topic. If you got a beferisha answer, this is the question, this is the answer. That's all. There's nothing more to talk about. But now we come to the very, okay, that ends the halachic aspect. So you may betroth a woman on Chol Hamoid. Finished. But the svara that was given, this is going to be the question lest someone else will take her and you will not get this bashert for you. So this, we come now to the philosophical part of the class. How could Shmuel give the reason you're allowed to do it is lest someone else will precede him? No such a thing. From Rabbi Yehuda, Omar Shmuel, Rabbi Yehuda's name is Shmuel, it's the same Shmuel, that's why it's a question. Be somebody else, Shmuel could argue. But it's the same Shmuel. 
And this is what's told. Bechol yom vayom, each and every day up in the Shemaim. Baskol yot says Eres, a heavenly voice emanates and declares. Now that's one version of the story. Gemara and Sota, same idea, just a little bit different. Says, Arboim yom kodem yitzirah 40 days before the formulation of the emerald, means at the time of conception. Okay? So uh, it's going to be the same thing. Each day there's children who are conceived. Now where is the statement made? In the heavenly academy. Okay. Anyway, some say it's select individuals. Okay. Anyway, but something goes on in Shemaim. Everything in Shemaim, they say the following. Bas Ploni Laploni. The daughter of so-and-so is going to marry so-and-so. That means a man's wife is chosen by heaven at the time of conception. Therefore, marriage is not like other events that happen to a person, which are determined each year based on one's deeds. All right. So, now here we come on to the all philosophical issue. But you see what's going... You already see what the problem's going to be. If in Shemayim they already said this shit is going to happen, how could somebody else grab, take her away if in heaven it's been decreed? So, okay, so now, so now we have a number of issues to unpack over here. First of all, that's going to be the question. Second of all, the whole concept of the shidduch being decided is a little bit of a problem. Why? Because what about person's free will? Okay. God does, well, let's see now. God does not interfere with man's free will to choose whether to observe or transgress his commandments. Thus, one is at liberty to choose not to fill the midst of marriage. Since, however, a person is naturally inclined to marry, a mate is selected for him by heaven. The heavenly voice mentions the name of the man himself, so-and-so. Where is it? They, well, here's just a question where it names the woman after her father. Why does it say so-and-so female? Why does it say the daughter of so-and-so? This is because a husband is typically older than his wife. Thus, when the husband is conceived, the wife is yet unborn. Okay, that makes sense, because she's not there yet. She can therefore be identified only through her father, because she hasn't been conceived yet. Okay, that's one issue. Like, why does it say boss so-and-so? Just say the girl's name. Well, she probably doesn't have a name yet. Now, this preordained selection is made only with respect to a first marriage, as the Gomorrah in Sota tells us. One's partner in a subsequent marriage is determined in accordance with one's deeds at that time. So, that's the famous Gomorrah in Sota, where it posed a contradiction, and it answered, a first marriage is decided in heaven. Second one is, depending on what kind of person you are, that's what you get. But that is also decided in heaven. No, on not the second one. So depending on what type of person you are, you will get, right? Who That's that? the second one. Yeah, but who First, decides that? You decide. You decide. You in other words, it, it, you get what you deserve. In other words, you, uh, you know, if you're a good guy, then you end up finding a good girl. If you're a bad guy, you end up finding a bad girl. That's the but second you, marriage. But, but again, who's helping to find that? Is helping is different, but you're the one who is involved. In other words, the first one, it's not your choice. Okay. It's not your choice. It's like, this is who God has set you up with. So according to this understanding, 
This is the shotgun shidduch. You don't realize it. But God said this, before you even came into the world, God said this is the person you're marrying. Finished. If it's going to be, you know, for whatever reason God deems it necessary. It may not be the spouse you deserve, so to speak. But uh, that's just the way God has decided that this, this is the complete soul that's been split and they have to be reunited. That is the first shidduch. Second shidduch, that's already, if what kind of person you are, this and that, that's already another issue. Now, let's just hold on. The Brisa continues, besides the shidduch happens at a certain time. Also, sada ploni laploni. Such and such field is destined to so and so. So, since uh, uh, the property that the woman brings into the marriage as her dowry, alternately this could refer to a person's general wealth. As it says, the angel appointed over conception is named Layla. It takes a drop from the seed, from the conception seed, sets it before Hashem and say, what will become of this drop? Strong or weak, smart or not, rich or poor. So, at the moment a man is assigned a wife, it's appropriate to determine the extent of the sustenance he will provide her as well. Okay. Now, although one's blessings in life, marriage, partner, life, livelihood, etc., are preordained, they're not realized until one makes reasonable efforts to obtain them. In other words, the guy says, okay, I don't have to do anything to get a shidduch. That's not going to happen. You have to at least go out. Okay. Now, we will see shortly, the message of a heavenly voice cannot be nullified. Okay, now, here's the point. The point is, so now, how could you tell me somebody could take the, the, the shidduch away? If it was decided, how could somebody take it away? That's the question. If it's already been determined, how, what are you worried about? It's all going to happen. That's not the one. Right? So now, now what, what could the Gemara have answered? Based on the information you know, the Gemara could give an answer right now that they're not going to. That is, the Gemara does not answer that the predetermined selection applies to a first marriage where Shmuel refers to a subsequent marriage. Mm-hmm. Remember, if we had a Gemara in Saita, that says, well, that rule is only the first marriage. This is a second marriage. So maybe Shmuel, we could say Shmuel, maybe Shmuel said only for a second marriage could somebody grab it out. Well, he didn't say that. But, uh, well, some, but sometimes that would be the answer. For the abs- but for the absence of evidence to the contrary, it appears that Shmuel's ruling applies to both types of marriage. Whereas Gomorrah would prefer, he just said a statement without any uh, qualifications, so it seems that he means even the first marriage. So now the question is, so what's the problem? I understand. It's decided. Okay. So Gemara gives a very interesting answer. Rather, it means another man may precede him through mercy, which means prayer, which we'll see in a minute. Let's just do the example and then we'll take comments. But even though it's preordained, these things can change. Okay? And this is all part of the idea that ain't mazal Yisrael. There's no such thing as mazal for the Jewish people. Meaning to say that even if God 
made an original assessment that this should be, you can't change it. Like Rava. What Rava? He gathered the boy Rachami. He was overheard a person beseeching God for Omer and saying the following. He's praying very hard. Let so-and-so, a certain woman, be available for me. Help me marry this girl. And Rava overhears him saying this. And he's going to criticize him for that. Omer he said, Do not beseech God's mercy this way. There's other ways. You say, Hashem, please help me find the right shidduch. That's okay. But don't ask for that one. Why? Because like this. If she's meant for you, you're not going to lose her. So you don't have to pray. And if not, and if she's not meant for you, your request will be denied. And then what will happen? Then Then you renounce the power of God to answer prayer. When you see your prayers are not heard, you might adopt a heretical belief that prayer is not effective. So what do you pray? Don't you want to pray? Hashem should help me with the shidduch. Give me siyata the shmaya. That's good. But don't pray this one because you're supposed to get her. You'll get her. And if not, not. And then what's going to happen? You're going to be an apostate. Anyway, that's what he said to him. But basar hachi. But after the episode, what happens? Did the guy listen to him? Shammai the Gummer, he heard the guy continue praying. He says, Oh, Ihu Lemus, either he himself should die. The guy himself says, If I don't get her, then I should die. Uh, come up before her. Oh, or Ihu Thomas Mekame, or she dies before him. Meaning, he says, If I do not marry her, I'll be unable to bear seeing her marry someone else. <laughs> Therefore, either let her die before I see her marry another man, or let me die before she marries. Now, this prayer could succeed because it doesn't contradict the selection made in heaven. God can make it. It is to the situation. Rubber refers when he says that one may betroth a woman a cholamoid, lest another man precede her. If one does not betroth his wife at the earliest opportunity, a jealous suitor may pray that she die first. Now, there's all kinds of questions on this Gemara. What's going on over here? What did the girl do? This guy prays that she should die and it gets listened to. <coughs> Obviously, it's much more complicated. Other Rishonim follow a version of the text in which Rav said to the man, Kafartaba, you will renounce her, not Bashem. Beis Hay can be an acronym Bashem. You'll, you'll, you'll uh, renounce Hashem or you'll renounce her. That is, if this woman was not designated for you, but you marry her anyway, you will ultimately regret it. The man did not heed Rava's advice and he married the woman of his prayers. Eventually he hated her so intensely they prayed that either of them die on earth early. <laughs> either he dies before her or she dies before him. The Mukayosu explains that the original decree can never be nullified. Thus, even if someone succeeds through prayer in marrying a woman who was not previously selected for him, the marriage will not last. He will die early or divorce her, and then she will marry the man to whom she had been designated by heaven. That's how this explanation. So it always works. It could take a U-turn, but it always works. According to this explanation, 
The reason one may betroth a woman a Cholomite is that otherwise another might succeed in beseeching God to let him marry her first. Although her marriage, the other man will not endure the fact that it could happen at all provides sufficient grounds for permitting betrothal on Cholomite. So, that's what, and now to finish the story, so now Ravel, when he heard that second part of the prayer, he goes back to him and like, what are you doing? Lav Aminalach, didn't I already tell you not to pray for this? I warned you not to do this. Right? Because look look what happened. Okay, so what comes out of this Gemara is as follows. We Shmuel says, you're allowed to get engaged on Cholomoyed. We brought a Brysa that proved it, so that's for sure true. He said, the reason you may do this is, lest someone else take her. The Gemara asked, but wait a minute, it was already decided in heaven. And by five, by the fact that the Gemara did not give an answer, first Shidduch, second Shidduch, it means any Shidduch. You could do it, and any Shidduch can be stolen away from you. And the simplest explanation is, Shema Yikdamen which will mean that someone made through his prayer get together first, and then that marriage won't last, and then she'll come later to the guy, but only after all this aggravation that had come to them. So therefore, you could do that lest somebody else grab her out. So again, there's a lot of questions we'll need to discuss. First of all, this whole idea, you, of it's decided who you get married, so where is your free will choice? And the second idea is, is really prayer that powerful it can override what a Baskol says. We'll discuss this tomorrow um, in those areas. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay.